G'day folks, it's Troy Dean here from WP Elevation and I'm very pleased to announce that this is episode 100 of the WP Elevation podcast and in fact it is the final episode of the WP Elevation podcast in this current format. We're not sure exactly what we're going to do next. Uh, We'd like to ask you what you would like to hear more of. What do you want us to do next on the podcast? What information do you want What kind of format would you like? What kind of guests do you want me to interview? And in order to get that feedback from you, we're running a competition. I'd love you to take a selfie of yourself uh, listening to the podcast, post it on our Facebook page, and tell us what you want in the future versions of this podcast. And uh, the prize is a a Studio Press child theme of your choice and the Genesis theme framework valued at $100. So our Facebook page lives at facebook.com slash WP Elevation. So take a photo of yourself listening to the podcast because we'd love to see where you guys actually are when you're listening to the podcast. So if you're out walking the dog and you've got your headphones in, just take your phone out and take a selfie of yourself with your headphones in listening to the podcast. If you're at home, if you're in your office, take a photo of yourself, stick it on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash WP Elevation and tell us what you want more of in the future versions of this podcast and we'll go through the comments in a couple of weeks and we will award that prize a studio press child theme of your choice and the genesis theme framework valued at a hundred dollars all right now let's get into episode 100 of the wp elevation podcast g'day troy dean um wait a second i'm not troy so let me start this again (laughs) i'm jason from new york from res.com here and this week's featured guest that we have Troy Dean himself. Yep, that's right. Troy is now in the hot seat this week. That's right, kids. It's me, Troy Dean. I am the feature guest this week on my very own show. (laughs) When I interviewed uh, Jason Resnick from res.com and I asked him, who would you like me to interview and why? He said, you. I'd like you to be on the show. And that uh, threw me, actually, really threw me. I wasn't expecting him to say that. No one had ever said that before. And I said, well, okay, Jason, if you'd like me to be interviewed on the show, that means someone is going to have to interview me. So why don't you interview me? So this is actually the third time Jason and I have done this interview. The first time, we had a complete power outage here in the building halfway through. Lost internet, lost power, had to uh, abort mission. The second time, I was so relaxed being in guest mode that I was the one being interviewed that I forgot to hit the record button. So here we are, uh, take three. We nailed it. We recorded it. We had a lot of fun. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. I am the feature guest this week on the podcast. Stay with us. Let's elevate. This is the WP Elevation Podcast, helping WordPress consultants elevate. This episode of the WP Elevation podcast is brought to you by Sumo Me, tools to grow your website's traffic. They work on any website, but they do have specific WordPress plugins as well. Currently 158,900 odd websites powered by Sumo Me, including Airbnb, Social Media Examiner, and Tim Ferriss himself uses this plugin on his blog at the 4-hour work week. Uh, of course, we recently sold Google Analyticator 
to Noah Kagan and the guys at Sumo Me, so that is also part of their suite of plugins. Uh, but we use it to build our list, and we're starting to use these plugins to analyze our traffic with their. Uh, their content analytics and their heat maps. So get on over to wpelevation.com slash sumo and take the Sumo Me plugins for a free test drive and use these tools to help grow your website's traffic. G'day, Troy Dean. Um, wait a second. I'm not Troy, so let me start this again. <laughs> I'm Jason from New York, from res.com here, and this week's featured guest that we have Troy Dean himself. Yep, that's right. Troy is now in the hot seat this week. How you doing, Troy? I'm awesome, man. Thank you very much for having me on my show. <laughs> <laughs> well, when a little backstory, if you didn't catch my podcast, my podcast episode, I think it was like 83, uh, when he had me on as a guest and he asked that question at the end, who does he want me to interview next? I suggested him. So then, of course, that meant <laughs> that I had to step up when he flipped the table back around to me and said, now I need some, someone to host it. So here I am, and I'm hosting, and I'm proud to host episode 100 here. So stay with us here, and let's elevate. So before we jump into WordPress and the Beach Boys and all that good stuff, very quickly, the competition this week, Troy is giving away two prizes. One is a lifetime subscription to the video user manuals and a copy of Start With Why by Simon Sinek. So Troy hasn't, hasn't paid me to say this or anything like that, but video, video user manuals is a fantastic product. I purchased this for a client of mine installed it, set up a couple of things, and within a matter of like 10 minutes, I had this huge video user manual for their entire website. They loved it. I loved it. By all means, this is a huge product and a huge giveaway. So definitely stay with us till the end. So, so Troy, um, <laughs> well, I kind of teased it a little bit. So before we get into that, when you when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, <coughs> excuse me. That's um, I uh, <laughs> I knew you were going to ask that. Actually, <laughs> uh, I wanted to be I wanted to be you know when I was like six years old, I I remember like you know dancing in my bedroom and jumping up and down on my bed with like a hairbrush or something as a microphone and singing songs to you know Rolling Stones records and. Michael Jackson records and my, my dad was a big Eagles fan and I just remember thinking that I wanted to be a, at that time I wanted to be a musician or a rock star and then as I kind of got into my teens I, I you know, fell in love with James Dean and the whole kind of myth around you know this kind of brooding tortured uh, actor and then I wanted to be an actor and but I think the through line through everything is I've wanted to be a performer and I've wanted to connect with an audience. And I think that's um, something that's still true today is I really enjoy performing and I love connecting with a large audience. Mm. Very cool. Is that, so the, is that what kind of 
brought your path into doing voiceover and I mean I know even in doing my little homework to see what I can dig up on you yeah. <laughs> uh, you know I saw a little, the little Beach Boy ditty that you did uh-huh. uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that sure so I was in my mid-20s and I was living in um, a block of apartments near a radio station and one of the guys that worked at the radio station was also living in the same block uh, and I, I ran into him in the car park one night we, we got chatting and and he said, what do you do with your voice? And I said, well, I'm a singer. And he said, what else do you do? And I said, well, actually, I'm just investigating going and doing a, a course to be an auctioneer. Because, you know, I, I have heard that auctioneering houses is pretty good money. Um, and uh, he said, you should, do, you should do voiceovers. And I said, what, you mean like host a show on radio? And he said, no, no, no. He said, there's no money hosting a show on radio unless you're a celebrity, right? Because he, he was hosting a show on radio at the time and he was working from like midnight until 6am doing what they call the graveyard shift. And he said, unless you're a celebrity and you've got like a prime time s- slot, it's not great money. But he said, mm-hmm. there's good money in, in doing voiceover. So, so supplying the voiceover for commercials on TV and radio. And I actually said to him, you mean people get paid to do that? And he said, yeah, absolutely. So he, mm-hmm. he put me in touch with a couple of guys at the radio station who effectively trained me up to do voiceovers. I did a bunch of work for them for free. They trained me in how to do it. They recorded everything we did. And then they cut me a demo and uh, sent me off to a couple of agents. And I got an agent and the rest is history. <clears throat> and the, the Cadbury jingle, which I think you're referring to, the Beach Boys <laughs> right. song, is for a, a chocolate um, ad. Um, that just came about uh, because a, a, a studio needed a singer to sing that jingle. And um, my agent, ran, I, 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 I was... I was a working musician at that time, so I was playing gigs around town. And I clearly remember I'd had a late night the night before playing a gig <laughs> in this pub. And, you know, it's possible, Jason, that maybe I hung around after the gig, you know, and had a couple of knockoff drinks and got chatting to a couple of the local ladies. And um, it's possible that maybe I hadn't had a lot of sleep when the phone rang the next morning and I was a little bit husky and maybe had a little bit of a headache. That's highly possible. And mm-hmm. uh, my agent said, this studio wants you to come and sing the Cadbury jingle that's based on the Beach Boys song, uh, Wouldn't It Be Good? And um, I, uh, Wouldn't It Be Nice? Wouldn't It Be Nice? Is the, wouldn't it be nice. Yeah, yeah, Wouldn't It Be Nice is the Beach Boys song. And they changed it to Wouldn't It Be Good? And I instantly freaked out <clears throat> because I knew that I sounded <laughs> like a drag queen because I hadn't had much sleep <laughs> and I had this, this real husky voice. And I had this pounding headache. And, I, and also I knew that the... the, the the Brian Wilson melodies in that song are just absolutely beautiful, but you have to sing them accurately. You have, it's, like, right. it's like a John Lennon melody. It's like the Beatles. Sure. Like you, you have to nail them spot on. And I, so I instantly went into kind of self-sabotage. Ah, oh, I'm a terrible singer. I can't do this, you know. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I dragged my ass out of bed and got over to the studio, and we spent about four hours in the studio laying that uh, track down. And, um, and uh, yeah, it's, you know, it was a lot of fun. Um, and, and interestingly, when I first met uh, the girl who is now my wife and she discovered that I sang the Cadbury jingle, she was just flipping out with excitement, you know, because it was a really popular uh, ad here in, in um, Australia. And she was like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're the guy that sang the Cadbury jingle. So in the end, it kind of got me the girl as well, you know. So Nice. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny how serendipitous some things are like that. Totally. So... In doing all like the voiceover work and, and music and all that other stuff, when did you discover the web? So, I well, I, I discovered the web early in 
I discovered the web in 95 in South Australia where I was living. I remember getting a, you know, 7.7K dial-up modem <laughs> and uh, my brother coming over and, you know, plugging the modem in and we had this big, big old PC, you know, sitting on the desk and... Um, and we plugged it in and dialed up and heard all those squishy, squealy, crackly sounds. Right. And we were like, wow, this is amazing. And uh, I think back then we had Netscape Navigator was the, the, the mm-hmm. only browser that you could use. And the first, the first thing I went to was I, I looked up the Melrose Place episode guide. <laughs> because every Tuesday night we would sit down with our friends and we'd watch Beverly Hills 90210 oh, and Melrose Place, right? I know. <laughs> Tragic, huh? Tragic. <laughs> and... Um, but I, I knew that we were like two years behind what was happening in the States, right? So what I wanted to do is I wanted to find out what happened in the, in the coming episode so that the next Tuesday night we would sit down and watch it. I could just spoil it for everyone by telling them what was about to happen. Right? And they'd be like, how do you know what's happening? And I'd be like, aha, I've got the internet. Because no one else had the internet back then, right? So um, anyway, so we load up the Melrose Place episode guide and I vividly remember, you know, typing it in and going, enter... And then watching the, the page, like, one line at a time trying to load, right? So my brother yep. and I are like, oh, let's go have a coffee, man. So we you know, went to the kitchen, <laughs> made a coffee, sitting around chatting, come back like half an hour later and half the page is loaded up. And we thought it was – I just thought it was magical, you know? Um, so anyway, then as, as time kind of progressed on, I started using uh, the internet to promote the bands that I was playing in and to promote myself as a voiceover artist. And, um, and of course, back then it was all done in Flash, you know, I was, I was kind of spending, you know, every waking minute learning how to build Flash websites and learning how to make things go whiz, bang, boo, all over the screen and, you know, thinking I was thinking I was... What a waste of time that was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> Who would have known, you know? And uh, I, mean, I was at a WordCamp uh, a little while ago and someone said, let's hope that WordPress isn't the next Flash, you know? Oh, jeez. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, so that was kind of that, that evolution was just kind of learning, you know, how to use the web to promote myself as a, uh, as kind of a freelancer creative. Mm. So is that when you kind of clicked on how, how you could realize to make money with the web? Yeah. Um, <coughs> excuse me. That was, I mean, that was really the voiceover thing was the first time I saw the power of, of, cause, cause usually what would happen is you drive around town with like a CD of your voiceover demo and you'd walk into studios and you'd, you'd have to try and kind of have this negotiation with the receptionist and work out who the person is at the studio that actually books the voiceover artist and make sure the CD ends up in the right hands and then make sure that they actually listen to it because, you know, people are busy. Um, and then I, when I discovered what you could do with the internet is you could do all of that without getting out of your pyjamas, right? You could, you could do all of that you could email people, get the right email address, send them a link to your website where it had all of your, your MP3 files and photos of you in the studio and like a track list of all the you know clients that you've worked on, and you could just leverage your, your, your efforts instead of mm-hmm. instead of driving around town. You could just do all that you know in the morning, and you could get in touch with you know half a dozen really influential people in the industry, and that's kind of how I dis- I, I the, the sort of the first seed was planted about digital marketing before I even knew what digital marketing was. It was like right. you could just use these connected computers to communicate your message en masse, you know. And then I started picking up work interstate from clients interstate that, you know, I could email. And, and there's just no way that I could reach those people if it wasn't for the internet. 
Sure, sure. So when did you discover WordPress? So that was 2000 and, um, 2008. I built, uh, 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 so I had a, a client, I had a record company, a local record company uh, approach me and say, we want you to build us a website. And I said, awesome. And I was waiting for this opportunity because I'd already figured out, I'd already, I had a couple of people ask me to build websites, uh, but I'd already figured out by this point that if I build someone a website, they're going to want to update it. Mm-hmm. And so I'd already figured out that I didn't want to be in that game. I didn't want to be updating websites for, for people. So I'd, I worked out that I had to build a content management system. And I rang a friend of mine who worked for the government and she was a, a, a developer. And I said, hey, I'm going to build my own content management system. What programming language do you think I should learn to do it? She, and she said, PHP and MySQL because it's open source, it's free, and there's lots of information on the internet you can you know, get hold of to learn how to do it. And I said, awesome, mm-hmm. that's all I need to know. So I went away, I bought all these um, O'Reilly cookbooks on <laughs> PHP and MySQL and CSS and HTML, and um, I studied. I, I was living on a, I, I, was, I was playing gigs on a resort on a tropical island for about six weeks, and so I was playing like five gigs a week uh, at night in the bar and then during the day I was sitting by the pool reading PHP MySQL books and had this old Sony Vio laptop, actually it was new at the time, um, <laughs> this really crappy dial-up connection on the island, uh, on the internet and I, was, and I wrote a content management system in six weeks on this island which uh, was horrible but it did the job, you know, mm-hmm. like the client right. could log in, they could update the gig guide, they could add photos of the bands, they could do everything that they wanted to do uh, and ultimately what happened is I gave them the website and then they paid me to update their website for them. And so I ended up using my own content management system to update their website, right? Yeah. Um, which was still better than digging into Dreamweaver and finding the HTML Definitely. and replacing it, right? So, and then I, I, kept, I kept ringing this buddy of mine and saying, you know, I, I knew that, I knew that with, a, with a content management system and with PHP, you could upload more than one photo at a time. I knew that you could you could select multiple photos and I'd seen it happen on the web, right? And I'm like, mm-hmm. why does my content management system only allow you to upload one photo at a time, right? I want to be, a, I want to upload multiple photos. <laughs> so I kept ringing him and saying, dude, you got to tell me how to do this in PHP. And he just kept saying, oh, I just use WordPress. And I'm like, oh, man, I use WordPress, man. I want to write my own thing, you know? I want to reinvent <laughs> the web. And so I just got so frustrated that I couldn't figure this one thing out that I went, you know what? I'm just going to download this WordPress thing and see what it's all about. And I downloaded it and I realised that what took me six weeks to do on that island, I could have just done in about 20 minutes, right? I'm like, oh my Lord, this is amazing. <laughs> and uh, that was it for me. That was, you know, I mean, and, and I, I kind of, I, I, I had a go at Drupal and Mambo, I think it was called back yep. then. And um, I couldn't get any of them working, man. I couldn't even get, I couldn't even get anything in the browser. You know, I was like, I have no idea what to do with this. Uh, but WordPress, I managed to spin up, get in the browser, managed to log in, make some changes in the back end, go to the front of the site and go, oh my God, look at that. That's unbelievable. And uh, yeah, that was, the rest is history as they say, man. I haven't looked back. Yeah. I, I, I had a much similar path too. I mean, I was doing Java, Ruby uh, on Rails, you know, building my own custom CMSs in that way. And I was the same way. I was like, I want to do my own. Like, I want to yeah. reinvent the wheel. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. yeah. You know, so it's <laughs> funny, you know, and I, very much the same thing. I mean, I tried, you know, Mambo, which is now Joomla, mm-hmm. and like Drupal, and like I was like, oh, look, these are great. They have all these bells and whistles, and you know, I'll give this out to my clients and everything. And it was just always so clumsy. 
Mm. And it wouldn't work right. Mm. And same thing, WordPress. And I was like, you know what? This just works. Yeah. You know, it works. So yeah. why not use it? You know? Yeah. So we know that you, know, you use, you, you are WP Elevation, but what's the elevator pitch to that? WP Elevation is a business accelerator program that helps WordPress consultants build the business they need to support the lifestyle they want. Mm-hmm. Whatever that means for that consultant, if that means they want to you know, build an agency with 10, 15, 20 staff and then sell it, if that means they just want to build a good little freelancing business and you know, work from the beach, whatever that looks like for them, whatever business they want to build, we, our job is to provide them the, the tools, the software and the, um, the training and the education to, to build whatever business they need to build as a, as a WordPress consultant. Awesome. Awesome. I like that. The lifestyle that they want. Yeah. You know, and it's funny that, that kind of came late in the piece. Originally the elevator pitch was, uh, the world's first business accelerator program for WordPress consultants. And it was all about empowering our customers to build a great business. That's what we've, we've, I mean, that's what video user manuals was. That's how that started. I've, I've always been about helping other WordPress developers build a great business. But I realized as, it, as our team started to grow, <clears throat> I realized that I couldn't, I, I, I needed to stay super motivated and I needed to make sure my team was super motivated. And I, what I realized is that the thing that motivates me more than hearing stories from our customers about the fact that, you know, they put their price up or that they've streamlined their process or that they've, you know, had some kind of win. The thing that actually motivates me more is hearing the stories about how that's affected their life. Mm-hmm. You know, like Christina, one of our, our customers, she's just had her third baby and she's on what she calls paid maternity leave because of the recurring revenue she's built in her mm-hmm. business through her WordPress maintenance plans, right? Now that gets me out of bed every morning, right? Because you, you're, <laughs> yeah, having, yeah. you're having an impact on people's lives, right? So, so that whole build a business they need to support the lifestyle they desire, that, the lifestyle part is something that we added later because we realized that that's actually a bigger motivator than just helping people build a great business. Because if you build a great, I think we forget a lot of time that anyone in business, we're all people, right? We're all human beings. We'll have families. We'll have right. weekends. We'll have dreams. We'll want to go on a holiday to that place. We'll, you know, maybe we want to have a beach house or maybe we want a new car or maybe we want to put our kids through a good school or whatever your dreams are. We, or it doesn't matter how big the business is or how small the business is or how powerful you might think the person or the client is. We've all got dreams and we've all got aspirations. And, and I think everything you do in business has an impact on your life. Like if your business is going badly, that affects your mood and it affects your relationships and it affects, you know, your whole, your whole way of being in life. And if the business is going well, then that also affects what's happening with your life because maybe you've got more money and more time to do the things that you want to do. So, so that was that, that kind of adding that lifestyle piece has been a big, a big change for us. It's really helped us stay focused and stay motivated and, and, and make what we do, you know, the best that we can make it. Nice. Yeah, I, I love it. I mean, I know that, you know, it, it was, like you said, it's the lifestyle. I mean, I know I pivoted my business and I spoke with you a couple of years ago and that's kind of where how we connected was mm-hmm. that, you know, I was at a point where providing development services was awesome. It was great. I was making good money. But the thing was, I was tied to the keyboard. If mm-hmm. I wasn't make, if I wasn't on the keyboard, I wasn't, I wasn't making money. Yeah. And I was getting married. We were going on a long honeymoon and I was worried about when that two and a half week 
period where I wasn't working hit the business a couple of months after that. Yeah. What, what did that look like? You yeah. know, is what's that going to feel like? So I was really worried about that. And that's when we started talking and, you know, you gave me some great advice and, and things like that as far as, you know, trying to pivot the business a little bit to position my lifestyle to, you know, position the business to fit my lifestyle. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I'm curious that when, I mean, you, you, you sat up, you sat up by poolside, developed your own CMS, <laughs> uh, you were doing music, voiceovers, the whole thing. So what was that pivotal moment when you decided that you'd much rather teach business consultants how to, how to build their businesses rather than, you know, stick with the development and all that? So <clears throat> good question. That was a gradual thing that happened. So I built an agency in Melbourne we had an agency for about three years. We worked with some really good clients. Everything was, you know, seemingly going well. Anyone looking from the outside would have gone, yeah, these guys are doing a really good job. And the reality is I was miserable for a number of reasons, partially because I was so stressed out in the business because we had no processes. We had, you know, we didn't know what we were doing. I mean, we, we, did, we didn't come from a business background. So every time we got a new, every time we, I mean, we, you know, we had to go and find 30 grand a month just to keep the lights on and pay the staff, right? And then right. every time we'd get a job, we'd be excited because we had the revenue, but then we'd be stressed out because we had no processes and no systems for actually delivering the project, right? And I knew that wasn't sustainable. And I also knew we I had to make some big changes in the business. And I also knew that fundamentally, after three years, I realized that my business partner and I, we, we just were not on the same page and we were never going to be on the same page. So... You know, no one to blame. We just ended up in business together and we were just a bad match. Um, mm -hmm. He's still doing really well and, you know, I'm more than happy for his success. Uh, so what happened is I, was, I had video user manuals kind of going on the side and we were building a good audience with video user manuals and lots of those customers were starting to email me and ask me questions about, you know, um, how do I do this and how do I do this and you know, um, how do I manage the client once I've launched the website? How do I manage scope creep? And how do I do change requests? And how do you sell maintenance plans? And all that kind of stuff. So I spoke to a mentor, and this mentor said to me, he looked at my situation, and he said, you've got this business over here, this agency business that you're unhappy with. You've got this WordPress plugin business that you love, but you're not giving it any attention. You're not giving it any, any love, right? So mm -hmm. you're kind of half pregnant with two people, right? And he, right. said, uh, he said, I don't know if you've, if you've ever known anyone who's been half pregnant, right? But you kind of can't be half pregnant. <laughs> you have to make a decision. You basically have to get into bed with one of these business partners and focus because you're yeah. trying to spin too many plates. So I did a bit of soul searching and, I, and my wife, who, who was at the time my fiance, we, I remember, vividly remember we were walking the dog around the block one night after work and I was just going on and just venting about the business, you know. And she said to me, she said, that's it. She said, you go to work tomorrow. And I, cause at the time I had an office, I was, you know, by then I was working out of home and she said, um, you go to work tomorrow. She said, don't come home until you have told your business partner in the agency that you want to get out of that partnership and that you're going to go full time and focus on the WordPress plugin business. She said, I'm going to change the lock so you can't get back in the house <laughs> until you have that conversation. She was basically saying, you know, she said, I've been listening to you complain about this for the last two years. It's time to take some action, you know. So I did. That day I rang my business partner and I said, dude, you know, I'm, I'm out. I'm done. Uh, we're going to shut this down and I'm going to focus on the WordPress 
business. And um, so I had to kind of reinvent myself. I spent the next sort of 12 months still doing freelance consulting work and developing work because I you know, needed the, the cash. But the more I focused on building video user manuals, the more those customers started asking me about business. And I'd reinvented myself as a freelancer. I was still getting good projects. I'd, I kind of made a decision then to document everything that I was doing as a freelancer, everything that worked, um, everything that I'd learned. And I went to a word camp here in Melbourne and I walked out of word camp and there were a whole bunch of us walking off to, to have dinner that night and everyone was saying, I wish there was more business talks at a word camp. I wish there was a, a more, more of a business track. And I said that night, I said to myself, that name WP Elevation was rolling around in my head. And um, the, the, the talk that I'd given that day was 101 Ways to Elevate Yourself and Demand Higher Fees. That was the title of my talk. And that night, I kind of went, that's it. I'm going to do it, man. I'm going to build a business training program for WordPress consultants because I know that they want it. And I know that we have enough trust in our, in our audience through the video user manuals thing that I can do this. I can be the person that brings all the information together, synthesizes it down and presents it in like a kind of a, almost like a business in a box. This is how you, from start to finish, this is how you run a consulting business. So I, then I just went and researched and spoke to lots of people and put together all the kind of templates and tools and the whole sort of process and system. And, uh, and that's how it evolved. It, the, 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 the key lesson here, I think, is WP Elevation exists because our audience asked for it. Mm. It's, a, it's in direct response to what they're asking for. Nice, nice. Or WP Elevation exists because your wife was going to change the locks if it didn't. Pretty much, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so I was going to be homeless if, if I didn't if I didn't do something dramatic, right? Right. Uh, no, but that's great. I mean, it's funny how sometimes you just like you know you're you're going along the path and you think you're doing well. You think you're doing well. All the while, these other, I guess, effects are happening on the side. And then all of a sudden, one day, you're just like, oh, you know what? Let me pay attention to that because I think that that's really what I should be paying attention to. Yeah. <clears throat> and sometimes it's right under your nose, you know? Like, <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> I was kind of trying to build myself an audience in the small business space to become like the digital marketing expert for small business. And my mentor said to me, how many people do you have in this video user manuals database? I'm like, oh, 9,000. How many do you have in your small business database? 900. He's like, well, dude, like, wh where are you focusing your energy? You've got 9,000 potential customers over here who you're not talking to. You know, they've, they've opted in at some point for your free eBooks, right? You're not nurturing them at all. You've got 900 people over here who you barely know and you're trying to build that audience. Like, have a look at what you've got right in front of you. And that was a huge moment for me. I was like, oh, yeah, right. We've actually worked pretty hard to build this audience. Why don't we just go ask them what they want? Yeah, that's great. Mm. That's great. <clears throat> so what do you spend most of your time actually doing day to day? Well, that's really interesting because that's changed a lot in the last six months. Um, <clears throat> what I do a lot, what, what I do day to day nowadays is, is I produce content. So I'm, I'm producing <clears throat> training videos, webinars, podcasts. Um, I, I tend not to write a lot of blog posts just because I hate writing, but I tend to produce lots of audio-visual media. Uh, I, I try and pay attention to, so we're a team of six now, I try and pay attention to whatever my team needs to get their job done. So, you know, my business partner, Brian, he kind of looks after the technical side of the business and he drives the product development. I drive marketing and, and kind of business development. 
um, Jin, who works with me here in Melbourne, and we've got two staff in the Philippines and one in Malaysia. And my, my job really is to kind of work out, you know, what they need to do their job, have a look at the systems and the processes in the business to make sure that we can handle the customer base that we've got. Uh, and then lots and lots and lots of customer support. So I'm on Skype, I'm on email, I'm in the forums, I'm on the Facebook group, talking to our customers every day, trying to, uh, you know, just nurture those relationships, help them get through the training, answer questions. Um, whereas, you know, 12 months ago, I would be uploading webinars to the internet and posting them on the website and writing emails that go out to our audience and doing all of the mechanical stuff that has to happen in the business. I was doing all of that, editing podcasts, all that kind of stuff. Now we have a team that, that do most of that and I'm trying to really look at where the business is going over the next 12 months to two years and you know any kind of strategic alliances that we can form, um, you know what we do next, blue sky kind of strategy, thinking about what sort of products we roll out next for our customers. Uh, and yeah, and just really trying to make sure that the processes and the systems are right in the business so that we can handle the growth. Because that's the one thing I'm learning is that as you grow, you need more capacity in the business to deliver on what you're promising. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah. So, so when, when you when you say systems and processes, do you mean like SaaS applications, or do you just have like a library on your Google Drive of just various documents that are the individual processes? It's a great question. So we use Asana for all of our project management, and we have most of our, all of our processes and documentation is written up in Asana. But, um, you know, I'll give you an example. We have 381 current mem active members in WP Elevation, and every week we run a coaching call for them. So I, don't, I want to get as many people on that coaching call as possible because I know that if people are engaged in the program and they're on the coaching calls and they're asking questions and they get to know each other, that they'll get more benefit from the program. Sure. But if I send an email out to those 381 people and say, here's the coaching call next week, go here, put your name and email address in, register on GoToWebinar, and then you'll get your details and you'll turn up, I know that only a certain percentage of people will actually jump through that hoop to get on the coaching call. Whereas if I automate that process so that they're automatically registered on the call and they just get an email with a link that they click on and they access the call, they don't have to actually fill in the registration form, we get more people on the call. Like probably 25, 30% more actually turn up to the call. So mm. automating that process and having a, a really solid process in place to make sure that that happens on a regular basis is not as easy as you, as you might think, right? So. When I say looking at processes and systems, we use Zapier a lot to kind of automate things between our software tools. And we try and, some of our processes are quite complex and clunky. We're always trying to streamline and make the processes easier for our staff. And the more we can automate with things like Zapier, then the, the better it is because then our staff can, can kind of do more human activities like creative thinking rather than just pushing buttons on the keyboards. So that's what I'm always looking at you know, if we get to 500, 700, 1,000 members, what does that mean in terms of infrastructure and processes to make sure we get those people on a coaching call, get their questions answered? You know, if we've got 1,000 people on a coaching call, I'm gonna need, I'm gonna have to run two or three coaching calls and have other right. people run it, because I, I mean, there's no way I can field questions from 1,000 people. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? How do I then get someone else on board, train them up to answer the questions, put them through our system, understand what it is we teach? There's all these kind of things that you need to factor in 
you can't just open the gates and get a thousand people in your program if you're not ready for them because you, you, sure. you're not, not going to provide a good experience for them and that's not going to be good for your brand. So they're the kinds of things that I'm starting to pay attention to, which 12 months ago, I didn't even know that you needed to pay attention to those kinds of things, you know? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So you kind of assume in, you, you're going that extra step. You know, in other words, in, at least in that example, you're saying, okay, well, we have these almost 400 people. They've already, they're enrolled. Mm -hmm. I'm going to enroll them automatically and take that next step and just send them the link. And yeah. I think that's brilliant. I think that's brilliant. <clears throat> I mean, it's all, we, it's, we, I, I did a bit of soul searching recently and I said to my business partner, you know, if you, if you want to build a $10 million company, which, which I, that's one of my missions, right? I would, I would love to build a $10 million a year company, right? If you want to build a $10 million company, you have to have a $10 million product. And I had a good look at what we were doing and I, I was logging into WP Elevation and looking at video user manuals and I'm like, you know what, this is pretty good, but it's not a $10 million product. How do we, how do we really take this up a notch? How do we make this product world-class? How do we provide the best learning experience? How do we provide the best video tutorial plugin? How do we make everything we do world-class? So, you know, we run a support forum for our members, but we also run a private Facebook group. And that's because some people hate forums and mm -hmm. some people hate Facebook. So I'm like, why should you miss out on the answers and the community and the conversation just because you won't log into our forums? So we started a private Facebook group. And yeah, there is overlap. There are people who are in both. Uh, but there are some people who love the forums and will never go near Facebook. And there are some people who are in the Facebook group every day and who don't really engage in the forums. So I want to give them the opportunity to engage in the program in whatever way they want. You know, I don't want to force them to do things our way. I want to try and accommodate them as much as possible to provide a great experience so that they go to WordCamps and they're like, man, you wouldn't believe how hard these guys work. They, the experience of being in WP Elevation is amazing. That's what I want. That's how I want people to, to be talking about us, you know. That's the kind yeah. of thing that helps you grow a world-class company. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Definitely going above and beyond. I mean, if you, I mean, even I, I'm a big proponent of automating processes. I mean, I've done a lot within my own business. I've, I've actually tracked down that I save an hour a week just by using Zapier. Yeah. Um, and the fact that like there's, I, I'm always looking like you, I'm always looking for that. What can I do to save a couple of clicks or save from opening up this document and then importing it into this other document or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, I've even done it, you know, personally, you know, I, I use Todoist on my phone and yep. my personal to-do to tasks are in there as well as my business and everything. I mean, I even tell my wife, if it's not on the calendar, I'm not going to see it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so better put it there. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's great. Like, like well, I, you know, one, one, one very uh, practical example, we used to upload, we, we record our webinars and coaching calls and then we'd upload that to Vimeo and then we'd take the Vimeo code and put it back on the website and then write some uh, description and sort of outline of the webinar. And I realised that, I mean, it sounds very small, but I realised that we could save a little bit of time by just taking the recording and sticking it in a Dropbox folder and then using Vimeo's integration with Dropbox to have that automatically upload to Vimeo. Because part one of the time-consuming parts of that process was actually going into Vimeo, up, there's like three buttons you have to click to upload a video into Vimeo and then kind of watching it upload and, you know, whereas you can just stick it in Dropbox and it happens via the cloud and you can just get on with the rest of your work. So yeah. just little gains like that where you can work, as, as you said, if you can work out, you can save yourself one or two hours a week 
in you know using Zapier and, and integrations, well, that's one or two hours a week that you can get back with your family, or you can be yep. more productive, or move on to other things, or host a podcast, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, obviously, WP Elevation and everything is full steam ahead, but there's got to be one thing that keeps you awake at night. <laughs> uh, um, there is, and you know, it changes. So, when we were launching, there was there were many things that were keeping me awake at night. Um, like, you know, would people care? <laughs> that was like, we, we spent a lot of time on our, new, on our relaunch. We spent, you know, probably two months making all of these video content and all of this amazing, we ran this competition up the up front of our, our launch and we spent a lot of time and a lot of effort on our launch. And, you know, the night before we launched, it was like, what if nobody signs up for the competition? What if nobody, what if I put all this stuff out on the internet and nobody cares and nobody pays attention, you know? I mean, that, of course, everyone has those kind of doubts, you know. Yeah. Um, right. Now, I think the, I mean, look, I must admit, since our launch, I'm sleeping pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, I'm sleeping better now than I have in a long time. Um, but I think it's, I think really it's, a, it's about managing growth. I think that's the one thing that's, that's, if there's anything that's kind of keeping me awake at night, it's managing growth. It's, um, it's. What does this business look like in 12 months' time? What is, what's my role in 12 months' time? Because I know that my role in 12 months' time is going to be very different from what I'm doing now. I know my business partner's role is going to be very different. Um, how many staff do we need in 12 months' time? How do, you, how do we manage that growth so that we don't uh, overcapitalize in, in terms of, you know, we don't spend too much money trying to build something too early, uh, mm -hmm. but also so that we support our existing customers and things don't fall through the cracks. Now, so far, our team's been working their pants off and everyone's done an amazing job and everything's gone pretty smoothly. Like, there hasn't been too much that's fallen through the cracks. But as you grow, that's kind of the one thing that's in the back of my mind now. Um, and, and I think, really, for me, that just means reaching out to some people who have kind of been there and done it and getting some advice on, uh, which is the, one of the great things about being in this whole you know, internet entrepreneur, especially the WordPress community, is it's so easy to reach out to people and get advice. Um, yeah. And, you know, Chris Lem is probably the first person I'm going to reach out to and have a quick clarity call with him and go, dude, what do I do when this happens? And, you know. He's, he's like the mem membership site Yoda. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's right. He's like, yeah, that, exactly. He's like, Chris is like the grandfather of WordPress, you know. He's like, he's, like the, he's like the wise old sage that you just go to for advice. Hey, Chris, I've got this problem, sure. Come in and have a cigar and we'll sit down and have a chat, you know. I love the man. So, uh, yeah, weird. so just, just trying, to, you know, trying to make sure that you're paying attention to the right things at the right time because, um, you know, it's, it's really it's interesting uh, how, how things change things that demand your attention. So there are things that demand your attention and they're things that you should be paying attention to. And I always think that you should be paying attention to something before it demands your attention because if something demands your attention, then it's probably too late. I don't like putting out fires. I like, mm. I like preventing fires from starting in the first place. So, um, yeah, but it's fun, man. It's, you know, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, having a, I'm having a ball. I'm loving it. <laughs> so, so what do you do when you're not working then? Well, you make an assumption that I that I have time off. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, you know, kind of following the your your, your little cadence here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. No, 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 you're right. So it's funny. I what do I do? Well, um, my wife would say that I'm not very good at having time off, and I I haven't been. I like I've I can hand on heart say that in the last I've been working seven days for about the last seven weeks uh, just to get this launch done. But I kind of feel like you know I've been working 
I feel like this has been like a five-year thesis, really, that we've that, that I've just kind of finished. You know, five years of learning um, how to do this. Um, but look, to answer your question, I play music, man. I love. Mm-hmm. I, I play guitar and I sing in a couple of bands. Uh, that for me is like. <laughs> You know, I can leave the office and be really frustrated about something technical that's going on and be in a really, you know, kind of half cranky mood and go to band practice and play guitar and sing for a couple of hours and I'm just so relaxed at the end of it. Um, that's, a, that's a huge thing for me. Obviously, you know, hanging out with my wife and trying to, you know, get out of town every now and then and go away for weekends and, and kind of just, you know, mooching about town. We both love the cinema. We, we, we you know, we get to cinema as often as we can. Um, yeah, uh, but you know, m- music really is, and and I exercise. I exercise at least mm-hmm. twice a week to you know keep my head together and uh, and you know try and keep myself in shape and you know try and keep myself fit and healthy as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm big into sports and exercise too. I mean, I'm on two softball teams. Mm. You know, I go out to the gym at least a couple times a week. Yeah. Try, you know, so yeah, it's it's a nice little like period short period of time to completely get away from it all yeah and that's when i find like oh that's what yeah you know like you're you're stuck on some like brick wall of a a problem yeah for like hours and you're sitting there and running on the treadmill not even thinking about it just watching whatever's on the screen there yeah yeah. oh oh, yeah yeah. (laughs) why didn't i think of that exactly (laughs) yeah exactly so if you could wave a magic wand and fix one thing, I think I know where you're going to go with this, but <laughs> if you could fix one thing in your business right now, what would it be? Uh, if I could wave a magic wand and fix one thing in the business right now, um, it would be... That's a really good question, uh, which is kind of funny because I wrote these questions, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of changes, I guess. No, you know what? I, I would... I would fix. So here's the thing. We have lots of stuff plugged in with things like Zapier, right? If I could wave a magic wand to fix one thing, I would have one piece of software that drives our entire business. So I would have one dashboard where I could manage every part of my business rather than, you know, having to have all these third-party systems plugged in with API integrations. Because for me, <clears throat> it kind of feels like the whole thing's held together with gaff tape and a couple of coat hangers, you know? And mm-hmm. I wish there was one place I could go. And I know there are a few people trying to build, <clears throat> you know, systems for digital marketing businesses where we have one place where we can manage everything. Uh, there's a couple, you know, there's a couple of, th- I mean, we use Infusionsoft for email marketing and our e-commerce and we process all our payments through Infusionsoft. We use ClickFunnels for building all of our order forms and all of our landing pages. We use WordPress, obviously, for our membership site. Uh, with Learn Dash and BuddyPress, we use WordPress for our blog. Um, you know, we use GoToWebinar to run our coaching calls and our webinars. We use Vimeo and Wistia for our video hosting. So, if if, if I could have all of that in one dashboard, that would be that would just you know be amazing. That would solve a lot of problems. But that's a huge problem to solve. I mean, that's, that's a, a big magic wand. It is a big, well, hey man, that's a that's why it's called a magic wand. You know. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that, but, you know, but then I'd probably have nothing to do if, if I had that, you know, like I'd be, you know, I'd probably just spend my whole time chatting with people on Skype if, if I had that, you know. 
Yeah, no, I, I feel the same way. I mean, sometimes, I mean, I use both IFTTT and mm. Zapier depending yeah, yeah. on what I'm trying to tie together. Yeah. And uh, I'm not going to say which one, but there was one time where one of them was down yeah. at least for a couple hours. Yeah. And like, I just went to go do something and it should have been there. And I'm like, why isn't this there? Yeah. Like, what, what's going on here? Yeah. And then I, then in the back of my head, like after a few minutes, I was like, oh, is that down? Yeah. Like, wait, why? What happened here? And yeah. that's when I was like, that's when I thought the exact same thing. I'm like, wow, this is really pivotal for my business. Yeah. Uh, got to figure out some backup systems, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm always trying to convince our team to build stuff internally, to build like any API integrations. I'm always thinking, let's, I mean, and this has been a recent thing for me. Let's build that internally so that we own the code and so that we can control it. And my business partner is, is really kind of, you know, let's remove the overhead and let's just use Zapier, and which is what we're doing now because it's kind of a leaner approach. You can get to market quicker. You can solve problems quicker. Sure. But I'm always thinking, man, that thing goes down for a couple of days. We're screwed, yep. you know. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Well, uh, this has been amazing, Troy. I mean, answering some of these questions, learning about your, your journey for sure. I mean, holy cow. It's been, it seems like you've lived multiple lifetimes with voiceover, music, WordPress. I mean, it's all over the place. Yeah. yeah it's great. You know, I figured like you'd be like 85 years old, you know? Well, I am, I am, man. I just use really good moisturizer, you know? Oh, okay. <laughs> but so. I'm going to ask you a, a series of quick questions uh -huh. and hopefully you'll be able to give me some quick answers off the top of your head. All right. Awesome. Great. So what's the number one thing any freelancer or business consultant needs to know? You don't get paid for what you do. You get paid based on the value you provide and who you do it for. So let me, let me rephrase that. What you do does not determine how much you get paid. Who you do it for determines how much you get paid. Yes, definitely. That's a huge, huge point. What's the best thing you've ever done to find new customers? Uh, podcast. Mm, definitely yeah. podcast. I mean, p basically publish, publish media on the internet. Definitely. In my case, yeah. in my case, it's a podcast. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it's helped wonders for me for sure too. How do you how do you stop competing on price? Uh, just have a different conversation. Just don't don't even start competing on price. I mean, if you, just have a different conversation with the client. I mean, just talk about value, talk about benefits. Um, you know, <clears throat> if you can, if you're having a conversation on price, then you haven't done your job up front. Great. Any tips for writing better proposals or increasing conversions? Yes. Use the language that your client uses in the first meeting that you have with your client. Like really pay attention to the words that your client uses and use that language back in the proposal because then it will resonate with the client. They will understand it and uh, that will increase your chances of them actually, you know, a proposal needs to propose a clear and obvious solution to their problem or to help them achieve their goals. So communicate it very clearly and try and use their language. Definitely. I mean, me as a developer, I could get very techno mumbo jumbo. And, you know, if you speak plain English to them, they're like, oh, he's a developer. He knows what that code is. Yeah. But he also speaks the language. That's like, right. I can understand what he's talking about. This that's, is great. That's right. Definitely. So that's, that's brilliant. What's your favorite tool or CRM? Ah, <sighs> well... 
Is it, is it what's my favourite or is it which one do we use? <laughs> uh, um, what's it know, this week? Well, the, so we use Infusionsoft and, you know, man, it's powerful. Infusionsoft is really powerful. I wouldn't, I mean, look, I don't, I've used just about every single one of them and I'm not convinced that I really have a favourite. I have a love-hate relationship with all of them, I think. Um, favourite uh, tool or system for CRM you know, look, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, we use Infusionsoft, so I'd probably have to say Infusionsoft at the moment. Um, but if we weren't doing e-commerce through Infusionsoft, I'll tell you, ActiveCampaign is really good. The, the interface and the functionality of ActiveCampaign is really good. It's kind of more marketing automation versus CRM. Um, I'm yet to find, I, I, I will also, I guess, from a CRM point of view, contactually, I'm a big fan of contactually. I really do like contextually so that's definitely worth checking out as well what's the best way to keep a project and a client on track manage their expectations set their expectations very clearly from the start and but the one very very tactical thing i can say is email or call your client more often than you think you're supposed to so even if you email your client at the end of every day a, a two-line email to say, hey, Paul, just to let you know, today we worked on the payment integrations with PayPal and tomorrow we're going to be working on locking down the membership content. Hope you're well. Talk soon. Now, Perfect. even if you didn't work on that that day, right, if you, so, like the point is the client, if they, the client gets an email like that, they're like, sweet, I'm in good hands. It's being taken care of. Taking a project and then going missing for three weeks while you build the project is not a good idea. Right. Definitely. So any ideas for getting referrals from your existing customers? Yeah. Uh, be awesome. <laughs> Do really good work. And uh, introduce people in your network to other people. So Chris Lemmer is the godfather at doing this, right? He will, okay, he will very often, he'll email me and introduce me to someone in the space, like the guy that, um, the guy that started the... Uh, the comment by email plugin, the name mm -hmm. of that escapes me. Um, Postmatic. No, Postmatic, right. So Chris Lemmer, one day out of the blue, emails me, introduces me to the guys at Postmatic, says you should be, you know, you should meet these guys, they're doing some really cool stuff. Um, I constantly refer people to Chris as well because I know the value that Chris adds to the community. If you can connect people in your network with each other with zero expectation of anything coming back to you, that I think is the best way to position yourself as someone who is referable. Nice. Yeah. Perfect. What's the number one thing you can do to differentiate yourself? That's a very good question. <laughs> um, make, I mean, you know, it's really, it's really simple advice, but it's hard to execute. Be yourself. Work out what your sweet spot is. Work out what you're really good at and what you're really passionate about. And if you catch yourself sounding like other WordPress developers at WordCamps, then check yourself. Right? Don't just regurgitate what other people are saying because that's what you think you're supposed to say. You know what? I'm gonna, you know what? Probably the number one thing you can do to differentiate yourself is have an opinion. Have an opinion and don't be afraid to, to, to share what your opinion is. It doesn't mean you need to be an opinionated, you know, wise ass, <laughs> but you know, I quite like being an opinionated wise ass sometimes just because it's fun. Uh, but have an opinion. Back it up with, with knowledge and experience and have an opinion and don't be afraid to express that opinion. Great. Perfect. 
And now I have a bonus question. Oh, please. What's the best way for someone to get over the fear of having those difficult conversations with clients? Yeah, that's a really good question, man. So the, I, what I learned early on is that the more comfortable you are in awkward silences with customers, and in fact, I just reckon in general in life, the more comfortable you can get in awkward silences, the better quality relationships you'll have with people, right? And what it means is that you have to be prepared to ask questions that some people might find confronting. Um, I think the best way to get over that is just through practice. So I practice a lot in the mirror. I practice a lot in the car. I practice a lot in the shower. I mean, I, I'm pretty much constantly just talking to myself all the time, right? <laughs> and I, I practice conversations with clients before I have the conversation with the client. I, I was at a conference last weekend in Sydney. I was speaking at this conference. It was a big room, the Sydney Town Hall, 1,500 people, and I was the first speaker up. But the MC, the guy that was hosting the show, before the doors opened, it was like 7.30 in the morning, he was on stage and he was practicing his speech to an empty room. And I said to him, good to see you warming up, man. And he said, I call it making love to the room. You know, he was, he was getting to know the room. And I do that. I mean, elite athletes do this. Elite athletes visualise the race in their mind and they visualize winning and they visualize getting the gold medal and standing on the podium and the, the roaring crowd. They visualize all of that before they even run the race. So I tend to practice and visualize the conversation with the client and anticipate what's going to come up before I actually go into, into bat. Cool. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. I mean, the difficult conversation is what I get from a lot of developers a lot because sometimes we run into brick walls that we didn't see. And I, I just say, I say, well, you have to be just open and honest with people. I mean, sometimes there's unexpected things that happen and sometimes you can't do what they want you to do or yeah. you can do it, yeah. but it changes the plan of what you had set out. So the earlier that you catch this stuff and have those conversations, they're going to be more receptive to it anyway. I That's mean, they're right. working with you, you're working with them, right? That's so right. you're all working together for that common goal. Um, just, just. Just be honest, open and honest. If totally. you start hiding stuff, then you're, that's when you get to run into problems. Yeah, absolutely. Good advice, man. So what's the future hold for you? Well, you know, we've really doubled down our efforts on WP Elevation and, and um, it's, you know, it's paying off. And our, the future for us is we'll, we've, structured it, we've structured WP Elevation now into an actual course that is delivered over a six-week period. We'll be having intakes throughout the year. I don't know how many yet, but we're still kind of working that out. But probably three or four intakes throughout the year. So we put we put students through in a, a in a cohort, like a class environment. Um, <coughs> excuse me. You know, just continuing to um, build the the, the the probably the next twelve months for us means more software. I think we'll be building more software, more plugins to help our customers in different areas of their business. Uh, and just really making WP Elevation the go-to resource for WordPress consultants who want to improve their business. We want this to be, you know, home base for them. We want this to be the place where they hang out. Um, and, and you know, just really kind of seeing how it, a lot of it's going to depend on how WordPress grows. I, I think these, I think we're kind of, I don't even think we're riding the wave yet. I think we're kind of at the crest. I think there's a big mm -hmm. wave coming. So, um It'll be interesting to see how, <coughs> excuse me, how we can adapt 
We've already, we, we've already got people who want to take WP Elevation and basically license it in other countries and other languages. So we've, nice. there's a big Spanish. We get requests all the time. I'd love to do what you guys are doing, but do it in Spanish. Uh, you know, we've got, we've got members from all different countries and uh, people already translating our materials into Arabic and French and uh, Hebrew and German. And uh, so it's, it's, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how it rolls over the next 12 months. But really, we, we have kind of, we, I mean, we've really doubled down our, our focus and we're focusing, putting all of our energy into WP Elevation and making it a world-class product. Very cool, very cool. So the prize, right? Yeah. Uh, we're giving away lifetime subscription to video user manuals yep. as well as a copy of Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Yeah. Um, what, what, uh, what do you want people to talk about in the comments? Cool. So, you know, get this prize? all right, so here's an idea. Uh, because we're giving away Start With Why and the uh, video user manuals lifetime subscription, I want to I know why people get out of bed every morning and do what they do, right? So leave a comment, you know, underneath uh, this episode and tell me why is it that you get out of bed, whatever business you're in, you know, if you're building websites for clients, if you're just building hobby websites, if you're, you know, whatever it is you're doing, if you're just doing marketing, consulting, SEO, social media, whatever, why do you get out of bed every morning and do what you do in your business? What is the motivating factor uh, and and making money is not a legitimate answer, right? I, uh, so if you just say, because I want to make money, you'll be disqualified from the competition, right? <laughs> so apart from making money, because that's a given, why do you do what you do? It's great. Yeah, I can't wait to see the answers in yeah, that one. Me too. So what's the number one piece of advice you would give any entrepreneur trying to build their business? I've been asked this a lot recently at these um, events that I've been speaking at, and I would say this, ship early and go home early. Mm, like that. I yeah. like that second one for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the moment, it's like you were saying before, man, when you're on the treadmill, the moment you step away from your work is the moment that you start to get clarity about what's going on because you can just get so lost in this, you know, you have to just go home early, spend time away and let it process and you'll have those revelations. So whatever it is you're doing, get it out the door and get some feedback from the market and go home early and do, do something else that's not work related. Great, great. Well, Troy, this has been awesome. I'd personally like to thank you for allowing me into your home and host your podcast, uh, especially in front of this great audience as well. Um, you've been a huge influence as far as being, you know, being receptive to my questions as well on Twitter and, and there was nothing there. You were just very genuine, genuine and generous. And, and I can't thank you enough for that. Um, it transformed my business. Um, so I've been a fan of the show for a long time. Now we've had some personal conversations as well. So thanks for being there, buddy. Awesome. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate you feeding that back because I mean, that's exactly why I do what I do. That's what makes it all worthwhile. So thanks, man. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So finally, um, how can people reach out to you? Uh, so at Troy Dean on Twitter. So that's kind of, um, I spend a lot of time on Twitter. I'm pretty active on Twitter. Uh, at Troy Dean and uh, WPElevation.com is the blog and the podcast. Um, and, you know, I'm kind of starting maybe to periscope a little bit. 
I'm not sure yet about Periscope. I saw. I saw. I'm still, I a, bit, saw. I'm still a bit dubious about Periscope. Uh, there's lots of rubbish on Periscope, but I'm still a bit dubious about it. But anyway, I'm, I'm at Troy Dean on Periscope, I think, too. So, um, you know, Twitter uh, over at the WP Elevation blog um, and uh, troydean.com.au is my website, my blog. Um, yeah, love to hear from people. Great. Thank you very much, Troy. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, I certainly hope you enjoyed that episode of the WP Elevation podcast, episode 100, in fact, where Jason Resnick interviewed myself. And it was a very strange experience, I must say, but uh, I enjoyed it, and I think Jason did a fantastic job. Of course, those prizes, get on over to wpelevation.com slash troydean, T-R-O-Y-D-E-A-N. Leave your comment underneath the uh, podcast and tell me why you get out of bed every day and do what you do, apart from making money and I'll give away those prizes in a couple of weeks. Now, my friends, this is the final episode of the WP Elevation podcast for now. In this current format, we are taking a break, and what I would love to hear is I would love to hear what you would like us to do next on this podcast. What kind of information do you want? What kind of format do you want? What guests do you want? What do you want this to look like next time round? So in order to get that feedback from you, I'm going to bribe you. I'm going to give away a Studio Press Child theme of your choice plus the Genesis theme framework valued at $100 to one lucky listener. All you need to do is take a photo of yourself, that's right, a selfie of you listening to the WP Elevation podcast because we'd love to see how it gets consumed in the wild. Upload it to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash WP Elevation and tell us what you want to hear next in uh, future versions of this podcast and we'll come by in a couple of weeks and award that prize. Please give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes because it really helps us spread the message. Until next time, I'm Troy Dean. Go Elevate. Go Elevate.